Clap, clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands podcast, hosted by Elliot Shore Parks and Kyle Newbeck. Here they come. I want to talk to you about James Harden, um, the current situation that's going on. You know, maybe some broader pictures about how this is viewed around the league. But the latest news, and I'm sure you are up to date on this. James Harden has unfollowed Daryl Morey on Twitter. As we all know, there is no greater diss in the world than unfollowing somebody on Twitter. So it does not seem like the relationship is getting any better. He was fined $100,000 by the NBA for his comments, calling Daryl Morey a liar. I guess the first question just to get started for you would be, what do you make of this situation? Like, what, what, what are your takeaways on it? How do you see it playing out? Just what do you think of with the Harden uh, kind of trade saga? just that it's unfortunate. Um, I would say unfortunate. And with all due respect to, to James Harden, I feel like unnecessary. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really like, we have some sense of what drove him to this point. We can divine a few things about why James Harden wants out, but I'm just going to push all that to the side for the moment. It doesn't make sense to me in just the, the broadest strokes. Um, James Harden is the, you know, the second best player, let's say, key player on a team that is absolutely in the discussion to win the East every year that he and Joel Embiid are together. Um, Hasn't been that long yet. But if you are a top-level player on a top-level team, still making top-level money um, in a major market in 2023 in the NBA, I don't know what else you're looking for. Yeah, I mean, if this is about contracts and promises or perceived promises or value, perceived value, pecking order, whatever it may be, whatever it may be, the bottom line to me is this is, this is a, a baffling stance by a player who, to date, still has not achieved what you would believe to be his highest goals in this league and has, you know, a, a ticking clock. You know, it's he's 34 in a few days as we speak here today. Um, Time's running out and he's asking to be traded away from the actual MVP, the standing, literal, reigning MVP. we, We don't see this often. I thought it was a shock when Kyrie Irving wanted to be traded away from LeBron James eight years ago, seven years ago, whatever it's been now. And, and that, to me, was a shock at the time. Why would you want to be traded away from LeBron James? Why would you want to be traded away from a, a generational superstar, potentially the best player in the history of the game? And this one, while on a different scale, strikes me pretty much the same way. At least in Kyrie Irving's case, he won a ring first mm-hmm. and then said, I want to do something different. And he was younger and had the potential to still map out a career where maybe I'm the centerpiece or maybe it's a different situation or maybe I'm just not in this guy's shadow. James Harden is past his prime, clearly on the downside of his career and in his mid-30s. I don't get it. I, re- I, I just don't get it. And if I don't get it, I, I'm, I'm, like, I'm not trying to be naive here, but I do think to an extent too much often is left for us to just assume or interpret. He has not come out straight out and said why he he made the trade demand. He hasn't. Mm -hmm. He's not clarified that in the least. So that's on him as to why I personally, and I think many others probably are baffled. Well, what I thought, and baffled is a great word for this, um, 
you know, a few days ago, Reggie Miller kind of echoed those sentiments that you said of when's the last time and Kyrie's like probably the best example, a player has demanded away from the current NBA MVP. Like when players ask for trades normally, look at Dame Lillard in Portland. It's because he doesn't feel he can win there. Generally, that's why players will, will, will demand out. Harden has a legitimate chance to win the title in Philadelphia next year. They had a chance last year. As long as they have Embiid, they'll have a chance. If you add Harden to that, you will have that chance. My question for you is, when, when Harden was traded to Philadelphia, it was coming off the Brooklyn saga. It was coming off the Houston saga. But uh, Daryl Morey was here the first year, you know, kind of throwing it all together. Obviously, the second year, he has a much better year. How is Harden viewed around the league? Because part of this, I think that the problem is, is not many teams want him. Like the Clippers yeah. seem to have some level of interest. I think the Sixers obviously have interest in having him on the roster, but there are not five, six, seven teams out there that are interested in signing him, probably part of the reason he opted in. What's his reputation like around the league currently? And do you got, agree with my, uh, my sentiment that there is not a ton of interest in teams having him around the league? Yeah, I mean, look, no, the market is not exactly robust for him at the moment, um, partially because of his age, partially because of the stage of his uh, of the uh, of, of the stage of his career that he is currently in, um, and partially just the fact that this is his third trade demand in two years or three mm -hmm. years, and in every case, he's been the catalyst for breaking up something that had some potential, right? Like I, I wasn't a big believer in the Harden and Westbrook alignment in Houston, but still you, you had James Harden, Russell Westbrook and, and some decent players. And he decided it was time to go and time to blow it up. He lands in Brooklyn and look, I, I, I get that one. I, I can't, I can't really argue with a frustration with Kyrie Irving never yeah. being available. And then you can combine that with the injuries they had everything. Like I kind of get that, but it, it doesn't really matter at a certain point, the league looks at you for who you are, what you've done, what you haven't done. And you know, it's 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 the old you know you are what your record says you are like same for a player's profile and his standing in the league he is who he who who we perceive him to be a guy who seems perpetually discontent with where he is and seems to be putting other things ahead of winning titles because if you know if 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 pursuit of a championship at this stage of his career were the primary goal he should just stay where he is because yeah. he's one on one of a handful of teams that have a legit chance again with the reigning mvp um there's he he might go to a, another good situation he may go to a, potentially an equivalent situation and and uh, you know i would argue with whether or not the clippers are an equivalent situation given how much injury volatility that team has but you're not going to find a a markedly better situation because anyone yeah. who could give you a better path probably doesn't need you or probably doesn't feel like you'd be the best fit. So there's a lot, there's a lot of problems here. I mean, I was, I was jotting down a bunch of notes before we came on just about um, how to assess his value at this stage. So as I mentioned earlier, he's turning 34 on Saturday, but guards generally decline in their early to mid thirties. And, you know, he's never been a guy who relied on, you know, you know, the kind of explosive athleticism that we often associate with with the all-time great, especially like say shooting guard types. We can argue whether he's a shooting guard, point guard. I don't think it matters, but you see it in his free throw rate. Um, his free throw rate this past season was 429. That's the lowest since his rookie year. If you want to put it in free throws per game instead, it was 6.2 per game. That's the lowest since he left OKC, um, and he was at 11.8 free throw attempts a game as recently as 2019-20. And it, it's dipped down to 7.3, bounced up to 8.2, and then back, then down to, to 6.2. Um, there's the playoff 
woes throughout his career. That factors into his trade value. There's the, 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 the messy endings with Houston and Brooklyn and now Philly that are going to have an impact on how the league perceives him. That he's worn out partnerships with a litany of other stars um, factors into this. He's still an elite playmaker, led the league in assists, obviously, last season. He's still a really potent scorer. He can still be an occasional number one option, although I don't think you want him as your everyday number one option. But I'm not convinced that, that the Sixers are going to get the star in return that Daryl Morey's hoping for, and I'm not sure that he's getting the boatload of picks either that he would then want to turn into another star. Yeah. But um, And you have to rule out a bunch of teams, right? There's a bunch of lottery teams that have no use for a 34-year-old James Harden. There are rebuilding teams and mid-level teams where he's just not going to push them forward enough. There's teams that just don't need another ball-dominant guard. Um, I, I do believe, and I don't know who the teams are. I'm told that there there's like three or four teams counting the Clippers. That, that are interested involved. in Harden. Yeah that, yeah, that that would have some interest. Um, I try to scratch out my best guesses as to who might make a run at him. It's not that great a list. I mean, <laughs> I, I wonder if Brooklyn would would go down that path again. Wow. I, I just, I that's mean, it just makes thinking some sense, out loud. But you're right. You don't often see a reunion like that. No, but he, he left because, of, because Kyrie uh, was driving him crazy and mm -hmm. there was other issues there too. But like... The Nets want to win right now, and they, they, you know, they could have parlayed Mikhail Bridges and some of these guys into something else. They could have taken another step back. They didn't. They decided to keep it together. But this is not—it's not a high-level playoff team in Brooklyn. Um, Harden plus the guys they have might be kind of interesting. I'm not saying it's—it's—it's it's, it's a, a yeah. likely scenario. Harden but... and Ben Simmons coming into Philadelphia would be quite the uh, <laughs> qu quite the quite the matchup to say the least. That would be a blast. Um, Miami, if they miss out on Dame Lillard, is an obvious yeah. one to, to factor into this. Uh, the Bulls are going to be missing Lonzo Ball for yet another season, and that's a team that doesn't seem to care about the future at all. They're all just about trying to tread water and, and be decent right now, and they keep doubling down on the group they have. So who knows? Would they throw Harden into the mix with you know with the rest of that group? I, I don't know if they can even make a deal if they've got the assets to do it or could do mm -hmm. it without without trading Zach Levine. But um, Orlando. You know, yeah, it would like, be a weird move for them, but they could they could use them. But the, again, I think right. that's what's really interesting about the Harden thing. Not to not to cut you off is like yeah. they're really you only really want him if you're a championship contender. And yeah. if you're a championship can, contender, you mostly probably probably already have great guard play. Like there's not many teams that that yeah. need point guards that are competing for a legitimate title. The, the Nuggets don't need James Harden, right? Right? Yeah. Like the, the the Boston Celtics and Milwaukee Bucks do not. I don't think need James Harden when mm -hmm. I don't think would make a run at James Harden. Like who, like that's the, the problem here. I mean, so I'm, so I'm like, I'm reaching for like, well, Orlando, they want to make that next step and they're weak at, at, at guard and, and playmaking. Like, okay, what about a one-year flyer? I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I just, I think about where it's logical. Like, you know, Charlotte just desperate to be relevant, to do anything. Right. Uh, Minnesota would, would even fit next to Anthony Edwards, but there's another team that really is, is, you know, I don't want to say desperate, but kind of desperate-ish. Well, and then also, like, what are the Sixers lead? getting back? Like, I don't and what think are the they Sixers would take. Back? Yeah. yeah, like you, like Rudy Gobert. You know, like I just don't think there's there's a match there. But what's interesting too is you go through all these teams. The team that needs James Harden is the Sixers. Like yeah. Tyrese Maxey is not proven yet as a playmaking facilitator. We'll see what he can do under Nick Nurse. But Tyrese currently is probably at his best as, as an off-ball guard shooter. You know, scorer in bunches type of guy. Harden came in, made and beat the MVP, or at least contributed in helping him win it. 
So if we move the idea of a trade off the table, like I agree, there's not many teams. You're probably not going to get much back. The only way he's traded is if it's so ugly that the Sixers are like, we just have to get this guy out of our facility and out of our locker room. You've probably, I mean, obviously covered Daryl Morey for a long time. Um, What do you think about this whole idea of like a backroom deal? He calls him a liar. He's fine. Because once you accept maybe a trade doesn't make sense or is not going to happen, the next bridge is how are they going to reintegrate him to the locker room, reintegrate him to the franchise? Like, what do you, do you have any theories on where this is coming from? Like, I think there's backroom deals in the NBA all the time, but you don't rare, you rarely see it come, uh, come across where a player calls a front office executive a liar because there was some type of handshake that he didn't feel was, was, was honored. What do you think of the situation between Daryl and Harden right now? I think that there's uh, a lot less known than anybody wants to admit. Um, yeah. for public discussion. I think we're making a lot of assumptions. Is it possibly about a wink-wink deal a year ago about I'm going to take less now and get the payoff in a year? Maybe. Logical to assume, logical to discuss, but we don't know that. We don't know that. If that were the case and it was that knowable, the NBA would have rung up the Sixers to the nth degree by now. Yeah, especially when they already investigated last they year with the tampering with already Tucker investigated yep. and essentially yep. i don't want to say cleared but they didn't they did not f- find evidence of or clear enough evidence of the sixers making that wink wink deal because if they had this would have gone down a year ago there would have been a whole mess and you know people can go look up minnesota timberwolves joe smith from a, a thousand years ago and, and look at <laughs> yes. how that that turned out um different times different commissioner but still uh, the league takes this stuff very, very seriously. You can't, you know, if, if they're going to, if they find you guilty of cap circumvention and wink, wink deals, there's going to be a price to pay. Um, I don't think the, the league office, from what I know of the league office, would uh, be going out of its way to do uh, Daryl any favors. So um, I, if, if anything there were there, we would have known by now. So then there's a second investigation this uh, past few weeks or past week and a half, whatever it was. Yeah. That's it's, t- it's hard to keep the timeline on yes. this. Uh. <laughs> um, also, it's the summer. It's all just blurs together. Exactly, yeah. And this is focused more on James Harden calling Daryl Morey a liar. Ooh, ooh, he called him a liar. Is that because mm-hmm. there was a wink-wink deal that he reneged on? No, according to the to everything that we have heard and everything that, that you know we've been told. And uh, it's just about the fact that he opted in and said, I want to be traded. And the Sixers said, okay, we'll trade you as soon as we can find the right deal or whatever. And the deal hasn't happened. And then the Sixers make it or, you know, indicate through channels that they're expecting to just bring him to camp and that that, that the trade is not happening anytime soon. And that's what sets off James Harden, seemingly. So if the investigation was just about that, oh, now, so so James Harden is the one who gets dinged now for $100,000 because that was effectively a manifestation of a public trade demand. At least that's mm-hmm. the way the league sees it. The union disagrees and is is going to or is appealing this ruling to an arbitrator. But it, th- again, the conclusion has to be based on what we have in front of us, not based on what we want to assume or what we speculate or what we think might have happened. Based on what's in front of us, this is not about cap circumvention or a wink wink deal from a year ago. It's about James Harden wanting to be traded and the Sixers saying, we can't trade you right now or we're not going to trade you right now and we expect you to come to camp. And then James Harden calls Daryl Morey a liar over that. That's where we are. If people want to interpret it other ways, I get it. But that's what we have in front of us. That's the only thing to me that we can go on objectively. 
And so if that's the case, like, you know, again, I understand James Harden's upset that he hasn't been dealt and specifically to the Clippers, but he created this. If he wanted to leave the Sixers that badly, he could have not opted in. He could have Mm -hmm. gone to free agency. He didn't because there wasn't enough of a market, obviously. Um, Once he opts in, you are at the mercy of the team that, that holds your contract and of the market. And if the and and the Sixers and I've said the same thing many times about Damian Lillard and the and the Blazers, although they're very different situations beyond this this top line. But if you want to be traded, and you make a trade demand, and you narrow the field too much by saying I'll only go to Miami, I'll only go to the Clippers, you've hurt yourself because you've hurt the ability of of the team to actually get the value that they feel they need to save face or to or to simply function. And if the Sixers can't get what they deem proper value for James Harden, then they shouldn't trade him. Like, you know, that's, that's, that's fairly straightforward. And the guy has a contract. You can't hold out in the NBA. You, you know, he'll be, he'll be docked pay as Ben Simmons was. And as I think we all know now, there is an obscure rule that has been on the books for a while where if he basically just decides to sit out the season, he can't become a free agent next summer. So yeah. There's, there's a lot of consequences for James Harden if he keeps going down this path. So one worry from Sixers fans has been a potential consequence of this is Daryl Morey's reputation around the league gets you know sullied because whether it's true, whether it's not true, we know often that doesn't really matter. Like James Harden, a very public profile, um, you know, knows a lot of the stars around the league that if he is calling Daryl Morey a liar and but in back channels is, you know, saying, hey, like this guy promised me something and he backed off of it. Do you think this will impact the Sixers' ability to recruit stars at all? Because next year, it seems currently their plan is to have a ton of cap space next year. Um, I think they'll only have, I believe, Embiid, Maxi, and maybe PJ on the books. So they they are going to have, I think, enough potentially for two max spaces, if not one, plus another decent-sized contract. Do you think this thing, this whole thing will impact the way players or agents view Maury around the league and their willingness to come to Philadelphia? Daryl's always been kind of a polarizing figure, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the league ever since he first rose to prominence with the Rockets uh, back in whatever, mid 2000s. Um, and, you know, he's he's had he's had a lot of success despite that, whether it's trading for guys, you know, signing guys. Um, I think, you know, I thought about this a lot with the Brooklyn situation. Right. You know, Kyrie Irving said some things on the way out. Um uh, you know, I, I think Harden might have even said some things. I don't remember if Durant said some things. Again, it's all a blur at this stage. <laughs> but, you know, the Nets made a trade that, that got them Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson. Um, they're still, you know, are, would, they, would they be able to trade for that same level of talent or a higher degree of talent if they were in, in free agency right now trying to chase superstars? Would things that were said or perceived about the way Sean Marks and Josiah ran the place, would it hurt them? It hasn't really been tested yet, right? Historically, I think in the 26 years I've covered the league, I do think some teams uh, suffer for the way that they have operated over a long haul, right? Like the Clippers were a laughingstock for a long time. The Bullets slash Wizards were a laughingstock for a long time. The Sacramento Kings were a laughingstock. And and they were, but it was about players and, and their agents looking at a franchise and saying, that place doesn't develop guys well, or that place is really volatile and they're constantly firing coaches and GMs. Um, you know, that place hasn't been good for guys' careers. And I don't think that's the case with Philly, and I don't think that's the case with Daryl Morey in Houston or Philly. 
Like a sure. lot of yeah. a lot of he's discovered a lot of guys. Um, he's he's helped boost a lot of guys' careers. You know, again, you know, James Harden was a, was a sixth man at the moment that they bet on him in that trade uh, to Houston. Nobody knew what James Harden was going to be. Even Daryl Moore didn't know what James Harden was going to become. He'll say it himself, I think. Um, so I don't think there's any track record of the Sixers and or Daryl Morey adversely impacting guys' careers. And I think that's what it would eventually come down to. Now, would agents look askew because of what Harden says? I think there's going to be some consider the source type discussions. True. Yes. Right? It's like when Kyrie lobs grenades at the, at the Nets. It's like, okay, but it, it's Kyrie. How many mm-hmm. people are putting how much stock, that much stock in Kyrie Irving's assessment? So um, my best guess, and it's only a guess, is that this will not uh, impact the Sixers' ability to recruit talent, but it's kind of a time will tell right. situation.